And welcome to this installment of the Steelers Morning Podcast. My name is Brian Diardo, and uh, glad to have you on board this morning. We have a lot to discuss, uh, discussing the Pittsburgh Steelers month it was back in the month of March. Lots of uh, signings, including uh, a signing uh, on Thursday morning. So it's going to be a, a very busy show, but we're very excited to have you on. We're also going to have uh, Scott Allen, who has joined the show in the past. He'll be on the show as well. And we're going to discuss, as I said, a multitude of things uh, talking about last month. And obviously, the big news is the upcoming NFL draft, which is now less than a month away. So we'll discuss that. And the Steelers have been um, – I don't know if there's anything that's been busier than the Steelers and any coach has been busier than Mike Tomlin. This week alone, he was in Florida for a couple of different reasons. He was in Florida earlier this offseason to try to recruit Ladarius Green, which obviously works. So lots of things to discuss today, and I do believe we have Scott Allen on the phone. How are you doing this morning, Scott? Good. How are you, Brian? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and thanks again for joining us. So, Scott, uh, I think the first thing that, that we should discuss is, is the recent signing um, of our new defensive tackle. We were able to do that yesterday, and, uh, you know, we'll discuss him. We'll also discuss Andrew Billings, who I know there's that's one guy that Steelers has been really high on. But let, let's talk about Ricardo Matthews. Um, it looks like, Scott, the Steelers really want to uh, beef up that defensive line, especially now that, that Steve McClendon's gone. You know, I was actually a little surprised with yesterday's signing. I, I honestly thought the Steelers were done signing any any new players in terms of, of guys not on the Steelers. Um, I thought the Steelers would maybe re-sign Will Allen because he's still out there, and, and we haven't, you know, we, we weren't able to get Eric Weddle. But, but you know, talk to me about Ricardo Matthews and uh, just in general, it, it really looks like the Steelers really want to uh, work on solidifying their defensive line. Yeah, I believe uh, Ricardo Matthews, when we played him, I think uh, last year he had a pretty decent game, so I think that might have left an impression on our coaching staff that he was out there uh, to be used as, you know, defensive line help because obviously we are, we are thin there right now um, before the, heading into the draft. And he looks like he's got the size, almost the same size as McClinton. I think he's six three, three hundred pounds. So, I mean, he might be able to push, you know, McCullers at defensive tackle, um, if not, he can obviously play defensive end. But I think it's a good pickup. It's a one-year deal. It, it adds depth that we desperately need on the D-line. So I like the signing. Um, I think he's 28 years old, so you know he's not not too old, and uh, but he does have some experience. So we'll see what he brings. You had a career high in starts last season, and as you mentioned, he had a good game against the Steelers. He had one sack, 2015, and that was against Michael Vick against the Steelers. So you're right, and that's that's the thing. A lot of free agents, I, I guess, that that we as as, as fans and, and just people that watch the game don't always understand is that when these guys are free agents and they're playing against other teams, it is always a debut to play somewhere else. So obviously. As you said, Scott, uh, it's pretty apparent that Matthews made a good impression on the Steelers, and they brought him in. Um, Will Allen is still out there. He's still out on the trading block. We have Robert Golden. We have Shmarco Thomas, who came out. Uh, Steelers.com had a nice interview with him earlier this week saying that, you know, he's he's motivated to do better this year. And, and 
you know, for whatever reason, and it, it, there's never, maybe there's not a tangible reason, but I always thought there was a tangible reason why he didn't play more last year. Uh, you, you heard all these things on how he was going to compete to start, and then the season started and he was just running around on special teams. Uh, you know, I know he dealt with some injuries during the preseason, but so did Mike Mitchell. So I, I don't know if that was the reason why Thomas, maybe his growth was stunted there. But uh, in any event, do you see the Steelers potentially re-signing Will Allen, or, or do you think they're just going to commit to who they've got right now, which is Robert Golden and Thomas, and then they'll try to find another safety to draft? I think they're probably going to try to find a safety in the draft. Um, I don't. I haven't heard anything that they are intending on signing Will Allen. Um, I'm still interested to see what they're going to do with Doran Grant, um, possibly making him a move to safety. Uh, if that's the case, then there's your competition for Thomas uh, at uh, safety. But I, I got to believe that they're going to. They're going to go in the draft and find somebody. I think Shamarco's had his had some chances. He's had some breakdowns, um, even on special teams. He's had breakdowns. So, if you're having breakdowns on special teams, you're probably going to have breakdowns if you're, you know, the starting safety on defense. So, but you know, we'll see uh, see what happens in camp. We'll see who they draft. Uh, again, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with Doran Grant. Whenever they talk about cornerbacks that they have. Uh, signed and on the team, they don't really mention him as much. And you know, there's been off-season talk of moving him to safety. So, so we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, I'd like to see him give Grant a chance at uh, safety, maybe ahead of Thomas. Um, but we'll see. No, I, I agree with you. And, and and I guess my my next question to you, Scott, is uh, what. Is, is there one player the Steelers let go that, that you're upset with, that you wish would have come back, or are you good with the guys that are gone? It seems like I know Cameron Hayward earlier this week on Steelers.com again was pretty upset that McClendon was gone. But I, I think the Steelers, you know, weren't going to pay McClendon the type of money that I think he wanted. And I think they kind of just wanted to start fresh with someone else. But, you know, obviously you've got Sean Spence, who was honestly, as you know, is kind of just a miracle story after his, multiple devastating knee injuries during the 2012 preseason. The fact that he's even still in the NFL is something. Uh, so to reiterate the question, are, are, you know, is there any of those players that you wish would have come back or are you, you know, not necessarily happy, but, you know, you understand the business and you're okay with it and you're ready to move on with new players? Yeah, for me, I, I would say that, that Boykin, just because what we gave up for him, um, mm. He may not he may not have fit, but um, in the system, but for what we gave up for him, for just you know him to go the following year and not contribute like we had hoped and thought he would, but no, I think McClendon was given his you know had his time here, and we weren't going to pay him what he got from the Jets, and you know I Blake I I think I think we can find better in the draft, and I think you know there may be something better with Dalton already on the team, so. No, I think it's I think it's okay with what they've done. I don't I don't see any big you know missteps by not signing any of those guys. Right, I agree with you. Yeah, and I've come off my high horse with Antoine Blake. You know, because you know, I, in all honesty, I think when when you've gotten as much criticism as he's gotten, I think sometimes it really is better to just start fresh. And sometimes I wonder that with Martavis Bryant, to be honest. I, I think it's. The Steelers fans, I think, will be supportive of him when he returns. So 
Uh, I really don't think that way as much anymore. But initially, when that whole thing went down, I, I kind of kind of thought that it might be better just for him to go somewhere else where no one really knows uh, of his of his past issues. But you know, I think you know time will wound that heel, and I think his year away. Uh, by the time he comes back, I think it might be forgotten forgotten news. But I personally think that you know I, I'm okay with it too. I think McClendon, apparently from the locker room standpoint, uh, is one of the guys that is really well liked on the Steelers team. So uh, maybe from from that standpoint, um, he'll be missed. But I agree with you. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, the Steelers know what they want on the defensive line. I mean, they don't just settle like any position. They don't just settle for good when they can try to find great. And I think for the Steelers, when you look at their, you know, look at their whole history, um, even, you know, uh, Gary Dunn wasn't bad in the, in the late seventies, early eighties when, when he replaced, you know, Ernie Holmes and, and uh, you know, those guys, you know, Steve Furness, you know, the Steelers had a history with really good defensive linemen, like some of the best of all time, I mean, Joe Green, I mean, all those guys, you know, LC, uh, and then uh, Joel Steed in the 90s, and obviously most recently, you know, Casey Hampton. I mean, the Steelers, uh, defensive tackle-wise, nose guard-wise, I mean, they're second to none. So I totally am okay with the fact that they let McClendon go. I mean, because like you said, they've got McCullers. They've got – I mean, L.T. Walton was, in my opinion, along with Ron Grant, for the Steelers that were that rookies that made the team last year, was the most disappointing player we had. I mean – I don't remember a single play that Latarius Walton had. So, and then with the old Boykin thing, I mean, and he's—I'm sure you've seen—is kind of, uh, uh, you know, responded and is opening up about his time in Pittsburgh and how frustrating it was and whatnot. I mean, my personal opinion is that a the, the team's telling the truth; they couldn't trust him, uh, and b I mean, the guy wasn't willing to play special teams from what it looks like, or wasn't a good special teams player. And, I mean, he was kind of a one-trick pony. He played well uh, on the outside, but that was really it. So, you know, best of luck to him and all of that. But uh, the other question I had for you, Scott, uh, looking at the Steelers draft, it looks like in, in this order, Steelers want to address the, the following positions. Defensive tackle, which is really catapulted to the front. Linebacker, or I'm sorry, cornerback slash safety, and then uh, linebacker. Um you know, when you look at the tiebreaker between cornerback and safety, my personal opinion is we need more help right now at safety than cornerback. I mean, we definitely need help at both, and I don't think there's one that's unanimously more important to solidify than the other one. But when you look at the fact that we only have Robert Golden and Shamarco Thomas right now, like right now, if you, if you just look at sheer numbers, we already have, you know, a proven corner at William Gay at one side, and then we've got Ross Cockrell who, who played – quite a bit last season for, for a non-starter on the other side. Uh, and then you've got Cortez Allen and Sinquez Golson. So you've got four guys that you know are going to contribute right away, pending Allen has no more injuries. So my personal opinion is I think the Steelers need to address safety first uh, in, the, uh, in the draft. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I would agree with that. Uh, again, with if they're not going to – Doran Grant and give him a chance at safety, you know, I, I'm looking at either Carl Joseph or Bon Bell in the first round. Um, I know that might be high on Bell, but, uh, you know, that this is a guy that can cover what we have talked about before. You know, we need a safety that can still, you know, not just hit, but cover. The big reason why I was glad they didn't sign Weddle. Um, but, uh, you know, it is sort of a toss-up. I, I really want 
you know, William Jackson at number one. Um, yeah. I think he, he brings, he brings everything they need for the, for corner, you know, you know, putting gay in the slot and, you know, teaching, uh, teaching the guys the system. If it's still going to be the same system, I mean, I, you know, with Butler in there in the second year, I'm sure there's going to be even more changes from what LeBeau did. But, uh, you know, either one of those players, I think is going to have a chance to start and play. So, yeah, there's obviously 30th in the past last year, you know, anything that's going to be an upgrade. I think those players, you know, William Jackson, you know, Andrew Billings and defensive line, you know, push McCullers if McCullers isn't the answer, maybe in the second round. But, uh, yeah, I'm liking uh, Vaughn Bell at that position, if not in the second round. But uh, I'm really leaning towards William Jackson. I know most, a lot of the mock drafts are, and a lot of people are really high on him, so maybe he's not even there at 25. So I'm but with you. I'm with I'd you. Like. The Steelers are – Right, the Steelers like Houston players. I know you know we're looking at one of their linebackers as well. So, and did really well against Florida State uh, in the Peach Bowl victory. Had a couple of picks in that game and 23 passes defense in 2015 alone. So, like you said, I mean this guy is a ball hawk. And it's funny, Scott, because before all of the mock drafts, all this stuff was going on, all you kept hearing in terms of who the Steelers might draft at, at corner, it was like McKenzie. Alexander Clemson and Eli Apple of Ohio State. And now as, as as the weeks have gone by, you start hearing less and less about those players and more of the Steelers might draft, you know, William Jackson. So I think it's that's for two reasons. A, I, I don't know if Eli Apple and those guys are, are overrated, but I think there's enough question marks about both to warrant uh, some concern about, about wasting, not wasting, but spending a first-round pick on those guys. Alexander's had some injury issues and, there's been some questions about Eli Apple not, not being, you know, uh, quite the elite cornerback that some people have. him. Mean, he did do really well at the, at the, at the combine, and I think that's a, one reason why he's I – mean, there was one point people said he was going to get drafted as high as 14th, which, which still might happen. Um, but it looks like, I think, for me, the Steelers are going to have to decide between, you know, Billings and, uh, yeah, whether they're going to go for William Jackson. Because in my first mock draft, I actually – thought that Jackson might be able to drop the 58, I don't think there's any way of that happening. So, it to me, it just comes down to, to Billings or Jackson. So, I'm going to put you on the spot right now, Scott. Out of those two, who do you see or who would you rather the Steelers sign uh, with their first pick, Jackson or Billings? I'm going with Jackson. Uh, I'm going to give McCullers a chance at that defensive tackle position. Um, this is uh, McCullers' third year. You know, the Rooney's usually, one, once you're in that second, third year, that rookie contract, it's like, you know, show us what you got or we know we got to move on. I'm going to give him that chance. Um, I, I really think Steelers Nation wants a corner. They want somebody who is going to come out and going to get you, you know, four or five interceptions and, you know, be able to come up, you know, on the screen pass and make that tackle for a one-yard loss. And I think he's that guy, you know, watching the Florida State game. Um, he just looked like he was – had the tenacity and the fire inside of him to, to prove that he was, you know, the best player on the field on the defense. And, you know, what he did in the senior bowl, you know, also 
was pretty good, outstanding there too. So, you know, like I said, you mentioned Eli Apple, the four four in the at the uh, combine. I think is what got everybody so excited mm-hmm. about him. But watching between him and William Jackson, if I know who's going to go up and get that big hit or try to fight the ball away, I'm going with William Jackson. I'm with you. I, I, I would like that, too. My only thing is, I think because I think the Steelers are really high on Sinquez Golston, and I think people think uh, this, around the Steelers think that he's going to come in and really have a chance to be everything they thought when they drafted him with their second pick last year. But I'm with you. I mean, you, there's no there's no prospect out there that you can't miss, but when you look at what William Jackson brings to the table, uh, the biggest thing I was impressed with was people all kept attacking him last year, whether they didn't know who he was or or they were they they weren't afraid of him, but the the numbers don't lie. I mean, all those pass breakups I just said, the interceptions are there. He played really big at the biggest moments. Uh, he's willing to come up like you said and run support. So pretty much the complete package, and that's why he might be there in the first round. And in all honesty, and this is the kind of thing that's unfair about these mock drafts and all these rankings and stuff, is that you could argue that he might be the second best cornerback in the draft because these pundits have, have kept putting Alexander and Apple in front of him all year. He's not going to pass those guys just based on that uh, from the peer evaluation and, and, and all that of him. But I could seriously, you know, see him being the steal of the draft. But, but, you know, Joe Green is really high on Andrew Billings, and you know that, that Joe Green still carries a lot of weight uh, with the Steelers organization. So I that my personal opinion is the Steelers are going to draft um, – Billings in the first round, if he's still available. If he's not, then it's going to make the Steelers' decision easy. And then after that, I think they start getting their defensive backs. I think they're more confident with the depth at defensive back in this draft, that they're willing to potentially let a player like William Jackson go with the understanding that they'll find someone else. I mean, and, and I totally agree with what you were saying. I love Von Bell. I mean, we both, I know, watched him extensively at Ohio State. Uh, I don't think he's getting enough discussion uh, in terms of the better uh, safeties that are in this draft. Um, I know uh, uh, Darian Thompson, Boise State safety, the Steelers are playing to meet with him, and their pro uh, their pro day was just the other day. And, and uh, you know, I know people are high on him. I know people are high on Cash from Jeremy Cash from Duke. But for whatever reason, you know, no one's talking about Von Bell. Do you? Do you do you realistically see him, Scott, maybe signing with the Steelers as that second-round pick? Well, I would like I would like to see it if they get William Jackson in the first round. Um, right. Let me ask you this real quick about uh, William Jackson. When was the last time Houston was relevant in their football program? And you know, look, listen to all the stats that you repeated that that he had. Um, obviously, it was a coaching, but at the same time. You know that type of player. I think you know when you get the right coaching, you you can see what a, a player can do. But uh, you know I, another player that I'm thinking that the Steelers might be looking at, and uh, when they visited ba- Baylor Pro Day to look at Billings, is Xavier Howard. And mm-hmm. you watch some of his highlight, highlights, and he's ball hawkish, and he's not afraid to hit. And there's just things I don't see out of Eli Apple that I see out of you know, those two. And uh, Jeremy Cash, he kind of reminds me a little of Mike Mitchell. Uh, I know that's a different position, but he just uh, it doesn't look like he's got the coverage skills and he, he can tackle. But, you know, if I was looking at two corners, 
you know, if, if you could get Jackson at one and Xavier Howard at three and maybe a defensive tackle in there, uh, I don't think Billings is going to slip. I don't, I don't think Butler's going to slip, slip from uh, Louisiana Tech either. But I would be happy with, you know, going two corners and then maybe getting a safety in the fourth. Um, I don't think Bondell will probably be there where the Steelers pick. That's just my opinion, but I would like to see him get them. But I'd like to see him get a lot of players in this draft for strictly defense. I'm thinking this entire draft, you know, maybe you're drafting a guard late. Maybe if a receiver is too good to pass up, but a lot of times if those receivers are being passed up by other teams in this draft, maybe they've got character issues too. And we don't, we don't need to go back to that with what we've got with Bryant. So, I know I've seen some of the mock drafts say in the second round we're going to take a receiver. I just I, I don't know why we would do that. I really don't. Um, I'm thinking we go four players, first four picks on defense. You know, I think we're good at linebacker, you know, this year. Uh, you know, you signed uh, Steven Johnson. He he could fill, fill in if, if need be. I mean, I know he's a special teamer, but, yeah, I'm – I'm looking at this first four rounds. If we could get two corners, a defensive end or tackle, and a safety, that's – I think Steel and Nation would be pretty happy with that. I think so, too. It's funny. You read my mind because I was going to ask you about receivers, especially because the Steelers were at uh, – Ben Rossberg and Tomlin were at Pitt Spring practice yesterday, and they were watching Tyler Boyd. I just think Boyd's going to go too high. And, and I agree with you. The Steelers are definitely going to draft a receiver. They always do. But, I mean, when you look at – Colbert is a master at finding the talented receiver that might not be the Ballyhood player that's going to come out in the first, second round. Martavis Bryant, the perfect example uh, of that. So, um, you know, look at look at his teammate, Sammy Watkins, goes in the first round. That Before the suspension, you could argue that Bryant was going to have a, you know, has had a better career so far uh, than his, his higher-drafted teammate, but, but now – you know, obviously Bryant's serving that suspension, but I definitely think they will draft a receiver at some point, but not necessarily uh, that early in the draft. I think that's definitely a, a, a day three priority for the Steelers. I, I think we're in agreement that it's pretty much going to go best available in terms of getting a defensive tackle, cornerback safety, and then from there uh, just fill in those positions that you haven't yet. So I think in the first three rounds, you're going to see safety, a cornerback, and, uh, and the Steelers will will hopefully replenish that, that defense. So, uh, And they've also done a good job in free agency getting, uh, you know, they got Steven Johnson and, and they're trying to bring in another linebacker. I think it's free agency to replace Garvin and Spence just so we can have that added depth back um, at the linebacker position. So Scott Allen, Brian Diardo, the Steelers Morning Podcast. Now we're getting closer to the end of the show. One thing I wanted to do just to have some fun, Scott, was talk about some of the, the Steelers' draft steals of the past and also some, some busts. Uh, talk about some memorable Steelers uh, that you remember uh, that had great careers with the team uh, that weren't drafted very high and were definitely steals by the team. Well, I'm going with number one is going to be L.C. Greenwood, um, round 10 of 69, six Pro Bowls, four times All-Pro, and, you know, four Super Bowls, four-time champion. Uh, he's on the All-Steelers team, 73-and-a-half sacks. Um, obviously, that was a big part of the dynasty, getting him. Um, you know, and the, one of the others would be Greg Lloyd in round six, 87, ended up with 54 sacks. So, 
that would be my one and two. Um, if you're looking at guys that weren't drafted, there's a couple free agents, uh, most notably Donnie Shell from 74. Ended up with 51 picks for the Steelers, part of the steel curtain. And uh, then we can't forget Willie Parker, longest run in Super Bowl history, helped us get Super Bowl 40. So those are some of my steals, even though they weren't all draft picks, but I like the two free agents too. No, yeah, no, that's a good one. I like people forget the '74 draft. That yeah, the Steelers got four Hall of Famers, but they also got a guy, Tony Dungy, at the Hall of Fame this summer. And Dungy, I think a lot. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Donnie Shell, along with Greenwood. I, I think when Steeler, when you ask Steeler fans what three Steelers should be in the Hall of Fame that aren't, or, or four, I guess it would be those two, along with Lloyd and Andy Russell. I think those are the next four that people think definitely uh, should be in that aren't eligible. Obviously, Palomalu is. is my opinion, a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, I know his, he struggled his last season, but I, I think he did enough in the, in the previous 11 seasons he was on the team that he definitely is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And a couple other names I'll throw in there. Uh, not Hall of Fame caliber, but Randy Grossman was also an unrestricted free agent in, the, in 1974. So the Steelers had four guys who would make the Hall of Fame they drafted that year, and then they were able to get guys that – helped the team win four Super Bowls. And, again, you know, Grossman wasn't a Hall of Fame player, but had a touchdown in Super Bowl ten, had some key catches in Super Bowl thirteen, and led the Steelers with 30 – Steelers tight ends with 37 catches. I think he was second or third on the team in receiving that season uh, in 1978. So, uh, played eight years with the Steelers, and, as we mentioned, was a member of all four of the Super Bowl teams. And also, uh, more recently, Antonio Brown. I mean, just being that six-round pick and his second game – if you follow it's 24-7 Sports, we did an article about it. Uh, his first uh, touchdown was week two of, of his rookie season when he had that 89-yard kickoff return for a score when Moelle Day Moore gave him that fake reverse, or that reverse. So uh, Antonio Brown definitely, uh, I would say now, is up there with some of the greatest steals in Steelers draft history, right up there with Donnie Shell, who wasn't drafted. But then, you know, you look at Greg Lloyd and you look at some of those other guys. And, heck, I mean, Say Mike Webster was a steal. I mean, he was later in the '74 draft. John Stallworth was fourth round. Alabama A&M. Uh, the Steelers just, just. I mean, it's all because a lot of it's because of Bill Nunn. What he was able to do with sports writer who since passed away. Uh, when you talk about the Steelers and, and the draft, you got to mention Bill Nunn's name. I mean, he was definitely the Steelers' ace in the hole when it came to getting players from those small colleges. So that was the nice part. Let's talk about some of the busts. Real quick, Scott, that the Steelers have had. Unfortunately, the Steelers had their share of busts in draft history. Well, number one for me is them missing Dan Marino in 83. I think that's by far the biggest miss. Um, you know, I've heard people say, well, they, they were in 84 AFC championship game, but, yes, they lost to Dan Marino. So that's my – that, that game, would be right? my number one. Yeah, I, I would. that would be my number one. Um, Troy Edwards in 99, you know, he had 400 – five all-purpose yards against Nebraska. That essentially launched him up to the first round. You know, we could have had somebody like Antoine Winfield in that draft. But on a good note, they did get Joey Porter in the third round in that draft. Um, most recently, Dre Archer in 2014, uh, Willie Reed in 05, Lima Swede in 08. Now they were uh, – that was round two, I think, for him. But um, And then Mike Adams, 2012. And I'm going to throw one out there. People might not like it, but if Jarvis Jones doesn't have a big year this year, I'm, I would throw him in there. 
You know what? That's man. I wish we had more time to discuss that because I I think Jarvis. Yes, a, a first round value. No, no, he hasn't been. But I think I think last year he, he definitely started to show enough where I think he he definitely found his niche with the Steelers. I think you know he had the nice interception, uh, uh, you know, against the Colts in that forty five to ten win. He had a nice turnover and the Steelers went over the Cardinals. So I, I think he's coming. But I agree with you. I mean, I mean for the amount of money the Steelers invested in him and, and spending number one draft pick on him. He obviously hasn't turned into that dominant player uh, that we hope that Bud Dupree or just one of these linebackers uh, ends up being. Uh, my, my, here's, I'm going to ask you a real quick question. We only have a minute left on the show. Would you consider Plexico Burris a bust? He was kind of the name that I circled and with a big question mark around it. Did well for the Steelers, but ultimately had his best years in New York. No, I, I wouldn't consider Plaxico um, a bust. Um, you know, we got to the AFC Championship game with him as a receiver twice. I wouldn't blame either of those losses on on him. You know, it was Ben's first year in 04, and then in 01, we just had special teams meltdowns, and, you know, it just so happened the Patriots' backup quarterback was an all-pro, Drew Bledsoe. But he was a big part of the reason that we – we got there. So, no, I wouldn't say that Plaxico was a bust. And, you know, and then what he did in New York was just as good. Yes, he had the off-the-field stuff. But uh, even that one year he came back, he played a few games and was helping Ben out and helping his team out before he got hurt. But, no, I wouldn't say he was a bust in my opinion. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Scott. I, I, don't, think, I don't think it was either, so. That'll do it for this edition of the Steel Conversation. Again, thanks for joining our show, and thanks to Scott Allen for, for being on. And, and uh, we'll be back next week with more draft talk right, right here once again on Steelers on 24-7 Sports. And as always, it's a great day to be a Steelers fan.